it's time. Welcome back to the Lightning Rod. What time is it? It's 5 o'clock on the East Coast, March 9th, 2022. We are your official, unofficial home for Tampa Bay Lightning chatter. Good, bad, and indifferent. We never wait until the second period to flip our switches. I am Johnny Pipes. And I'm Gannon, and I'm not going to try that high note you came in with. <laughs> uh, what high note are you talking about? What are you talking about? You came in with a real high note, and I'm not going to attempt it. Did I really? Oh, shit. All right. It was good. It was good. I didn't even notice. I'm on autopilot sometimes when we do this show. It's like, <laughs> say what you feel. <laughs> Honestly, that's the way to go. I, I, I overthink every single word that I'm saying. And then, then I casually turn on the autopilot. And the, the words start to flow. The, I, I feel like the beginning of the show is never good for me. But towards the end, that's where I really hit my stride. It takes time. Uh, after doing this a whole bunch of times, you know, it's you never really know what to start with. Uh, but, you know, give it a couple minutes and, you know, you, you kick in. It takes a minute. That's why I always let you take the lead. Well, I welcome that. And I also welcome all of our listeners, all handful of you, to our show again this week in Lightning Hockey. You can call it if you want. We call it the Lightning Rod. You can call us, 727-416-0613. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show eventually. Or you can email us, thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That is the lightning rod, the number one at protonmail.com. Or you can hit us up on the Twitter at lightning rod pod. All of this is in the show notes for easy reference. Well, it, uh, we are, we are officially in the, the spring swing, if you will, the, uh, nonstop hockey month. And, uh, I don't know, spring swing, I guess they use that for golf. We got to think of something else, maybe like, I don't know, the March, March, I don't know. <laughs> Something, something like that. We 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 had a break and now we don't have a break anymore. I know, right? I just used crunch time. I'm not clever enough. Crunch time. It's the time to crunch. That kind of that kind of works considering our AHL team is the crunch, so it sort of works. Hey, all right. It works. It works a little bit. Works a little bit. So uh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of games we can talk about and and. Um, we kind of rapid fire it, I guess, a little bit. We can't really go as in depth as we not not as if, not like we were going super in depth before, but <laughs> we can't uh, we spend spend all day on it. Be here for like four hours talking about the last four games because there were four games that uh, between last show and this show. We'll get a little deeper on the highlights. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's take a trip back in time to the absolute embarrassment that was uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins game, which occurred on what day was that? Looking at the Thursday. Day. Yeah, so it was March third. Uh, we got destroyed. What are your uh, What are your initial thoughts on this? This is just a you know. I'll reiterate again from an, an earlier show that Pittsburgh is team number two in my triumvirate of hockey hatred. So watching them come in and just absolutely manhandle us with the two ugliest dudes on the planet and Cindy Chrysob and uh, uh, Milky Malkin. So, like, yeah, I'm not going to be objective about this at all. I'll try my best to be. Uh, no, it, w- it was arguably the worst game we have played this season as a whole team. Obviously, that, you know, 9-3 to three loss, I'm not going to count that when you have... 10 AHLers playing. No, that was I'm Max's gonna... legacy. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I think this one was honestly our weakest game of the season and probably Pittsburgh's best game of the season. But from from that first period, it, it was hard to find anything good to say about this game at all. You could tell the tone of the game right from the start, which has been a reoccurring theme with this team, just slow starts. But there was something in the air about this game that you knew that switch was not going to flip from the moment that puck dropped it it was eerily reminiscent but worse than the opening opening game for the season the banner night yeah that's uh two times they've been in tampa and two times it was embarrassing yeah i mean when when we went to pittsburgh uh earlier this season i mean we won it was a pretty decisive score i want to say but it you know just 
from the eye test, it wasn't nearly as dominant as this game was, I would say. Yeah, they weren't uh, they weren't playing their best. There was 13 penalties in total, uh, nearly all of them for uh, for us. I think we I'm about out- to say what did we get? Twelve. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the 13 penalties were on the Lightning. <laughs> and uh, t- I mean, one of them was misconduct. It was the the Sorelli misconduct um, that went with a with a Pittsburgh player as well. Um, so they had matching misconducts in the third period, uh, four minutes in. There were a lot of roughings. Yeah, it was actually only only one hooking and one tripping. The rest were either misconducts or, or roughing or, well, that, or fighting. That Sorelli one, um, I think oh, – ah, fuck, I forget. It's been so long. But um, – Whichever that misconduct one was, wherever we got an extra two minutes out of that scrum when Cooper lost his mind and everybody else rightfully did, it's kind of unexplainable why and how we got an extra two minutes out of that. Well, let's and, let's let uh, let's let's let Johnny Boy uh, tell 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 us himself. Um, you know that team, they don't take for some reason they're by far the lowest penalized team in the league. I'm not sure why, but they are. And yep, exactly. He knows exactly. why. Exactly. He knows why. Because yeah, of Cindy Chrysop. So if you if you watch like him get knighted by I think it was uh, was it uh, McDonough that were where his stick accident accidentally love tapped him on the neck and he crumpled like a house of cards. I mean, did you see his face on that? Like if you could if you could just make that into like a living poster for anybody who hates the the, the penguins. For their proof, like, here you go, bud. Right here. The Crosby effect is real. It has been since 2005, or whenever his rookie season was. Um, I, It's taken me a long time in my hockey-watching career to give Sidney Crosby the, the respect that he does deserve. And he has toned down his antics and his crybaby ways, you know, when he was a rookie, it was awful. He he was the most obnoxious player in the league. I think he still owns the record for most uh, to be the first rookie over. Oh God, sorry, I'm getting a call. Yes, this is a show about life, and life happens when you're doing a show. Yeah, but he was the first uh, rookie to score over a hundred points and also occur over a hundred and hundred penalty minutes in the same season. Um, I think he's the first and only one to do that, which, you know, it shows you that he, he was crying to the refs. He was trying to embellish every single penalty. He, he came into the league with such a, uh, a cocky attitude and thought that he kind of deserved everything because he was the generational talent. Everybody wanted him. He was the Connor McDavid before McDavid. He was the next Wayne Gretzky, next Lemieux. And he, he just took that to another level. And yeah, bit him in the ass a lot of the times, but he, there's a reason why he's got the name Crybaby Crosby. And again, you know, it has not been an issue in recent years. He's really, really toned down on it. He is truly a phenomenal player, but you don't just get that nickname out of nowhere. Well, and I mean, I'll be honest, I don't watch a hell of a lot of Oilers games, but I've never seen McDavid ever act up like that. Like, he seems a little bit more professional to me. But then again, I don't watch him a lot, so I don't know. It's not as bad as Crosby uh, in his early seasons, but I don't know. McDavid, he gets away with a lot of stuff. And he's he's got, not that he's dirty in any way, but he get he gets away with a lot of stuff. I think it wasn't, th- he, I think he got fined this season for an elbow, but he got suspended uh, for like two games a couple seasons ago for an elbow. Like, he likes using his elbows, but, you know, he, he's not a physical player or whatever. You kind of got to do take shortcuts and cheap shots, whatever. But um, he, he's got a chippy side to him. And when he, he lets loose, you know, he lets loose. But it's not like it's not like Crosby, you know, crying for every single call you can possibly get. Again, it has not been so much of an issue recently. But this game, you can see that that Crosby effect still lives on today yeah it was uh i just i couldn't help but but laugh when i saw him crumble after he got i mean it was it was the equivalent of like a knighting 
Like he got tapped <laughs> like he was getting knighted by the queen. And he just he just fell to the ice. Strict and, love tap. Oh man, the face that he made was brilliant. But yeah, there really wasn't much good to say about that game. There was one goal that Tampa did score one. It was from uh P. Belmar from uh from Maroon and that was six minutes into the second period and that that was it. I think they Cooper, I want to say, pulled the goalie with like six or seven minutes left. And uh, yeah, it's a theme that we've seen recently. Yeah, the thing that we've seen recently that that is going to be kind of a theme over, over the next couple of games that we talk about here is the fact that we just can't do anything until the second period. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they just sleepwalk through the first. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's not even like it's a this week thing. It's been honestly since the start of the season. I can't remember it being an issue in years past. I mean, if it's been like a once in a while thing during each season, it's definitely not been a a uh, consistent thing that's been happening like it is right now. Like it's now, I don't know how many games in a row where this has happened. Quite, quite. Yeah, a few. It, it kills me to talk negative about the team, but when there's you know obvious glaring problems like you know slow slow starts, you know you're gonna have to kind of nitpick a little bit. Yeah, there's really nothing else to report about this game. It was the the the, the the faster you could get away from it, the better. Let's see, where did mm-hmm. Vassy had? Um, yeah, he let goals let's see, goals allowed four. Yeah, because there was one empty netter. So eight nine seven uh, save percentage, thirty five saves out of thirty nine shots. And thirty nine shots you know, is a lot. Oh, and they doubled us. Yeah, thirty nine shots is quite a bit. Yeah, we had. Uh, let's see, where's that? Yeah, 20, 21 shots. So, thirty nine shots to our twenty to our twenty one. That's pretty bad. I guess one good thing that we can take away from this game is that you know we can reinforce the fact that Point can chuck some knucks. Yeah, I like when he gets mad. I think it's really funny when he gets mad. He it is because he doesn't look very. He's not very big, and um, he's he's uh, you know he doesn't look like he's that mean. But man, when he gets going. Phew. No, uh, even the Spittin' Chicklets crew, they gave him a little bit of props saying, you know, damn, like he's short, but he's a feisty motherfucker. And he is. You, we've seen it for years now. He's he's taken on, you know, Cogliano of the Ducks, now Chris Letang, uh, and, you know, a bunch of other guys. Uh, Dylan Larkin, he had a fight with him. And I'd say out of, you know, the, let's say, 10 fights in his career that he's had, I'd say 75% of them, I, I'd give him the t- the I'd give him the win on those. Very good, okay, very good. I gotta turn that down a little bit. (laughs) On the fly, baby, on the fly. Keep it loose. Yeah, Yeah, let's see. Yes, sir, him. Yeah, that's correct. That was Penguins game. Let's, uh, let's, that was a loss. Forget about that one. We'll chuck that into the, uh, we'll chuck that into the, into the category of, uh, where's it at? I know it. I got to get quicker with where I put this stuff. Oh, well, anyways, we'll forget about that one, and, and we'll go on to the uh, the Red Wings, which uh, man, we hadn't seen the Red Wings in a while. Uh, that was, was a little bit better of a game. Was the last time we played the Wings that uh, 7-6 to six game early in the season? I think so. I'm looking at your magical site here, and I'm hoping that they show me some good stuff like that, uh, but they don't make it that easy. No, no, you kind of got to know where to look. Are you using hockey reference? Yes. I mean, okay, so it you know, it's like the uh, it's like the library of Babel. They've got everything there. You just have to know where to look. Yeah, you got to parse it. Well, the uh, the slow starts did continue, right? And but thankfully, it was not a fast start by Detroit, so it was just a no scoring first period at all. Um, we didn't get a goal until six minutes into the second period on a power play uh, point from Hedman and Kucherov. It's his 22nd goal. And not very many penalties in that game. There was only six in total. Uh, we ended up winning the game 3-1. to one. What are your thoughts? Well, it was nice to see the power play really kind of clicking, taking advantage of a weak penalty kill. Uh, this was, yeah, we were at home, and I think Detroit, they are the worst in the league for their away penalty kill, and yeah, we took we took good advantage of that. Um, you could tell right away for Detroit who was going to score, and it was uh, Robbie Fabry. 
what a fun name to say. He was buzzing up and down the ice all game, and was it Rasmussen? I thought he had a good first period, but yeah, I mean, you know, we for the last five years or so, we've had Detroit's number. Actually, shit, even a little bit longer. Um, it, it, it was a game everybody needed, not even just Brian Elliott, who I thought had a phenomenal game, even despite the low amount of shots and that one squeaker that got through him. I thought he had a really good game. I think as the season's gone on, he's, you know, found his posts a little bit better, has stayed a little bit more, uh, less mobile, less mobile, you know, keeping himself from getting too out of position. Um, so good game from Elliott. Other than that, that little squeaker that got through him. It's nice to see the the defense uh, coming up coming up clutch as well. Sergachev has just been on a tear recently, and he uh, you know he made his mark on this game. Yeah, every goal scored uh, was a penalty uh, for us. Was a, pe- a power play goal, all three of them. Point, Serg, and uh, Stammer all scored. Uh, Stammer one was an empty net with uh, two seconds left in the game. Oh yeah, so that's his twenty seventh. Uh, penalty appearance by the former Bolt, Vladislav Nemestikov. It's always fun to see him every once in a while. Yeah. I forget that he still plays sometimes. Like, he was so, he wasn't, I wouldn't call him integral in our first uh, cup run back in 2015. Well, our first with this core, but um, he was a name you could remember at least. Yeah, you know, I know he got along well with, you know, Cooch and, and the Russians, but he, he was a integral piece of that uh, trade that brought McDonough over to Tampa. Yeah, and then he's bounced around ever since. I think he played for the Avalanche for like 30 seconds. He might have had a cup of coffee there. I forget. He and did He did play for some team that was just, you know, quick and weird. Yeah, and now he's on Detroit with uh, other former Bolt, Adam Ernie, one of the best names. You just look at his name, it's like Ern, but it's Ernie. Mm-hmm. So you don't got to put one of those little flat bars over the E so people know that it's Ernie and not Ern. <laughs> See, Brian Elliott had 23 saves on, uh, or 22 saves on 23 shots, so pretty damn good. So he's he's having a pretty good season. In, yeah, in I think he's, he, he's been, you know, what we could have asked for, if not more. I, I would say he's been better than McElhaney so far. Um, not that McElhaney was bad, but you, you know you do want a little bit of a reassurance. You don't want to worry every time you start your backup. I get it, Vasilevsky is the backbone of this team, but you can't rely on him every single game, especially this time of the year where we're going to have to be riding Vasilevsky a lot. Um, I don't. I don't think we should just play Elliott on back-to-backs. I think he should play. You know, some bottom feeder teams. Um, uh, yeah, I, again, I think I think he's he's done well for us so far. See anything else about the uh, Detroit games? Uh, that was the this is our last home game before the ridiculous uh, Northwest tour. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I had any. It was any kind of a good notes an, on it. Uneventful win. It was just it, it was just a, a good standard win. Yeah, like not, not nothing really stood out about it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think all of our attention was kind of towards that uh, the Chicago game. You really uh, left this one in the dust. Speaking of which, that was the first game on our trip, uh, and what a what a game it was. The important thing, of course, being seeing Tyler Johnson again for the first time uh, since he left, and he got his ring, which was awesome. Now, what I I heard from uh, another show that. When he went to go hug Julian Brisebois, he really said he said to him like, "This is just for the cameras." So is he still that butthurt about leaving? Who Johnson? Yeah, TJ. Oh no! I mean, it, obviously, it hurts getting traded anywhere, especially you know somewhere you kind of cemented your legacy. You were a fan favorite here. I don't think he's he's still hurt about it. You know, obviously, you're going to want to be on a. Uh, a better team than what Chicago's got right now, especially playing games. I has he even played more than fifteen games this season, if that? Probably not. I don't think so. But was it? It was his return to play against the Lightning, correct? Yeah, that was. I think it was his first or second game back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. No, I can't imagine there's any tenacity there. You know, uh, with uh, with Breezebois, it, it's business, and you know, 
Tyler, he he's smart enough to know that it is a business. He, you know, he did sign a uh, pretty hefty cap hit, and the production just wasn't there. We had to get rid of him with cap crunch incoming. I I don't know. I, I think I think it's kind of water under the bridge. You know, start you know get a chance to uh, reset your career. That was his third game back from. Okay, uh, but it was the it was the game that he's played the longest in so far. He had 14 minutes on ice. I thought it was funny, uh, right at the start of the game, Johnson was making a rush up the ice and uh, McDonough just bodied him like <laughs> like they were never teammates. I, he, he just, like it wasn't a huge hit, but it, it did send uh, Johnson down. Like it was like, oh shit, man, they played together for like three, four years. I love Tyler. I always love Tyler Johnson. And it makes me sad that he's on uh, team number three on my triumvirate of uh, hockey hatred. Who's number one, Boston? It's Boston, but I don't know. Okay. Uh, to be honest, it, it was Boston, but we they haven't really been competing with us lately. So, to, uh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh might be might be overtaking them. To be honest, mine mine changes year by year. It honestly kind of depends who, uh, you know, <laughs> who gave us the hardest time in the playoffs. So New New York has taken taken the mantle from Boston, but I, I've got my Mount Rushmore, and it, it's it's Boston. The Islanders, Pittsburgh, and I'll, I'll go with those three. My, my Mountain Rushmore is ever-evolving. Chicago, it's up there. Uh, Florida, they're making a case for themselves, too, man. They're a pain in the ass to play. Yeah, but they're... They're fun game. Well, not counting the not not counting the Max Legacy game. Not but, for you. Yeah, not not counting the one I spent a lot of money to go to. But the the I'm I'm happy that they're doing well, and so I can't really get upset at them. Like they're plus they're an incredibly small market down here. Like Fort Lauderdale is not a very big market. Now, granted, it is part of the Miami market, but like they they don't get a lot of people from Miami to go up there because it's a pain. So, mm-hmm. like, I if you're a small market, I don't really get upset about you. But like the 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 Penguins, the you know they're 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 moving up. The the Bruins, they were always annoying, but we've beaten them pretty much every time that's mattered lately. So I, I'm I'm fine with them at the moment. Within this decade, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not as competitive as it used to be. Uh, and then Chicago, like they're they're kind of falling off a little bit because, well, I mean they're in a rebuild, and I think everybody kind of hates them right now because of the whole, um, you know, big scandal they had earlier this year that cost Quenville his job, and he wasn't even in the damn city anymore. Yeah, it, no, that 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 franchise sacrificed a lot for their cup runs. Yeah, they, they, it is kind of a pit of despair right now. There's, you know, since the start of the season, there has been this gloom around them. But um, I don't know. You, I don't actively wish uh, for the uh, the dissipation or uh, you know despair of any franchise. But especially when you know some of our former guys are on that team. But at the same time, you do kind of look back and laugh a little bit. Like hey, it kind of serves you right. It didn't happen. Have <laughs> rocky words. Uh, George W. Bush. Oh, okay. Of course. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a good game, and it was um, an amazing game from from Andrea Vasilevsky. That might have been his game of the year. Those saves that he made better be in contention for saves of the year. Those were fantastic. I, I'm much higher up on that glove save than that stick save a lot of people are saying oh that was lucky whatever yeah whatever but then explain the glove save on Kane that was phenomenal well Espo can't he saved that <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to uh let's li- let's listen to Dave call it Kane shoots Sam Vasilevsky he saved that <laughs> <laughs> I mean shit did you see Kane's face yeah I loved it they immediately showed it and he's like oh my god it, it, I like. I swear, I thought it was a goal. I really did. It was a such an incredible save, and and here, here in both their reactions and seeing Kane's reaction, just really, it, you don't even need words to describe it. Yeah, that one was amazing. He had a pretty lucky, amazing one earlier in the game, um, which I think was on Kane. Also, uh, either him or Debra, no, that was, was on Kirby on Doc from the, Kane. I think the uh, the knob of the stick. mm Hmm. That was that was insane. 
I mean, if you look at if you look at his numbers for the game, they're not great, but every save was like a ten bell save. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah, I wouldn't put it under like his best performance of the year. Probably not even top ten. But again, you know, when you make those saves, I've seen him make a couple of the high re- highlight reels. But a lot of people were focusing on that stick save. You know, I saw the big media accounts posting the the stick save, which I get it, but I honestly think that the the, the glove save was way better. Well, the glove save's got to be the save of the year. I mean, I don't know mm. how it's not. Like, it's it's not. There's no luck involved. Like he well, aimed, he aimed. For, I mean, there's there's always going to be like a little bit of luck, but I mean, he aimed for it. Like he shifted and he stuck his glove in the exact spot it needed to be in, and it was like he meant to do it. He absolutely meant you, to do it. Do you remember a couple of years ago? It was it was Vasilevsky. We were playing the Kings and. He had that ridiculous behind the back save on Andrzej Kopitar. Do you remember that? Yeah, but that 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 puck wasn't going in. It was an amazing save, but that oh, puck, it was going in. Oh, I don't know. It looked. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Vassy, and I think every you know, I, I'm I'm happy when he makes these awesome saves. But if you look at the angle in that one, it looks like it's going to go right behind him. Like it's. I it think it was like going to cross the cross the goal mouth. I think it was going to go posting in or posting down and maybe find its way. And regardless, he saved it before it was even a possibility. Um, but Malcolm Subban earlier this year, PK Subban's brother, uh, he was playing for, I think he's injured right now. He's playing for Buffalo. He made uh, a save similar to that. And people are, uh, it was earlier this year. And honestly, that's kind of got my vote for uh save of the season, but it almost, that one did look accidental if he did it, uh, you know, purposely or not. It, it looked accidental to me. Um, so if we're going with saves made on purpose, Vasilevsky gets it. So I'm looking at your hockey reference site here, and uh, I learned something today. Tell me. Cal Foote's first name is Callen. Mm-hmm. Like Allen with a C. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I would have just assumed that it was Calvin, like Calvin and Hobbes, <laughs> to be honest. But another special thing about this game was the uh, three goals in 32 seconds. Mm-hmm. Franchise record. And the Mark Andre Fleury reaction after the third one was priceless. I th- no, it was after uh, Perry's goal, uh, which was the second of that you know three goal surge. Was it after the second? I thought he, I thought he slammed his stick after the third one. No, it was after the second. I swear, yeah, because it was it was a shitty turnover by. Um, I think it was Brandon Hagel of the Blackhawks. He just, you know, fumble fucked the puck real, you know, like that. And Perry was just breathing down his neck and gets a wide open opportunity like that. He most likely Flurry wasn't pissed at himself. He was probably pissed at, you know, the, the skaters, you know, in front of him, which, you know, rightfully so. And Flurry, as cool, calm and collected as he always is, he, you know, he has let loose a lot in his, you know, long career. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, Hard pressed to put all of those goals on him. He just did not. The whole team just had a you know momentary lapse. But yeah, I, I, that that stick slashing uh, I, that came after the Perry goal. Ninety nine percent sure. Well, either way, it was hilarious to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the, my favorite reactions after that, uh, seeing that, was someone said, "Yeah, never mind, guys, trade me." <laughs> Doesn't he just say like he didn't want to get traded? He's probably done doing all his moving around and stuff. He just wants to, I, I can't imagine it's that he really loves playing for the Blackhawks. He probably just doesn't want to move again. Well, when he got traded to the Blackhawks in the first place, he was considering retiring right there. He's like, you know, we don't really know if we want to do that. Uh, he's already denied a tr- multiple trades to Washington. Cause you know, he's penguin for life, whatever. Um, and you know, they've been rivals for years, which I can understand. And, he doesn't have a no move or no trade clause in his contract, but he has uh, stated with uh, newly appointed uh, Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson. He said, "You know, you will, we will give you these proposals on where to go. If you don't want to go anywhere, you can stay here." So it's kind of a unofficial no trade clause. Uh, so he kind of does does determine his destiny. Well. His destiny in that game was a 6-3 to three loss in those three goals in 32 seconds, essentially being the difference. Uh, those were the last three goals that we scored for the game. They got one back after that seven minutes in, and then there wasn't any more scoring for the rest of the game. And there was not a lot of penalties in that game either, only five 
in total, three on us and two on Chicago. Um, no, uh, no fighting or anything like that. Not very much. No, nah, it was a pretty, pretty tame game, honestly. I think there was maybe one scrum the entire game towards the end of it. So that was uh, first on the ridiculous Northwestern trip where all games are late. And uh, we got one game left to talk about, which was last night, and that was a mess of a hockey game. They allowed uh, two goals pretty quickly. They did manage to – actually, they well, yeah, two and then got one, and yep. So the slow starts are continuing. They are a problem. Uh, I think Coop talked about it a little bit after the game. He um, was saying these guys kind of – they know what they're doing. This, this is – I'm hearing that it's more physical than it is mental right now. What do you think? They, this is the worst thing that could happen to this team. Not injuries or or illness or anything, but they look tired, which has been a huge Achilles heel. You know, the last you know before these cup runs um, is that I feel like the guys just. I'm not going to say that they're not prepared to play 82 games but they, they do look a little exhausted i know they can't, they're coming off of that real long extended break um but you know we're, we're well past that now they really should be in grind mode and i get that they're playing you know a ton of games in a little amount of time but the worst thing that they can be right now is is tired that that's the last thing we want. They they've been able to play through injury. Um, they they've you know had that mindset. You know Tampa Bay find a way. Say they were able to do it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would hate for that to be it. It it is hard to get a rhythm, you know, when you haven't been playing. And this is also like the first time they've made this trip in like two years. Yeah. So you know it's it's a lot of moving and shaking and and you know what what I'm hoping is that they just get they they get a groove back. Like now that they're playing a lot and they're moving a lot and they're back to kind of normal hockey that they actually will get their groove back. I feel it will happen probably in the next game or two like I think so. The, the, you know, this team I don't think they're going to going to go on a slide kind of like how Minnesota has. They've lost like, you know, Shoot, they've lost. They're, they've won maybe four out of their last fourteen games, and I can't see a major implode like that happening. Um, I, th- I honestly think it comes down to uh, coaching adjustments. You know, we saw Cooper playing around with the lines a little bit early in the game, then he split them all up. Um, you know, he had uh, Stamkos, Cooch, and Point together, and that only lasted maybe a couple shifts uh, until he uh, really broke that line up. What? I am wanting to see what I've kind of figured out over the last couple of games is I feel like we're trying too hard to play in to play an offensive style. You know, what we've been used to uh, pre-cup runs, you know, that 2019 season where, you know, we were winning every game, you know, six to four, or, you know, five, four, just, you know, high scoring games that can't really, you know, hold down a lead. Um, and that's not necessarily our problem right now, but I wish we would have more of a mind for defense. It is nice that when you can score that many goals, you know, at the drop of a hat, yeah, if you're not, if you're not skating in front of your goalie and, and protecting them, then, but there was just some odd things that happened last night that you could tell like, okay, these guys just aren't there like cooch falling, which led to a goal. Oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that's like, it's it's almost like the other team has angels in the in the outfield or whatever. You know, it's 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 like mystical at times when things like that happen. When you just fall out of nowhere. Yeah, like even even him showing up on the scoreboard. I think he gave it. Yeah, he gave a real nice uh, pass to Headman, but um, you could tell that just wasn't one of his his games. He he's super streaky. Like when he's on. He is the best player in the league, and when he's off, he's invisible. He's a liability. Um, and, you know, it definitely wasn't his worst game of the season, but you could. it's so easy to tell when he's frustrated. So easy. So last night marked the return of uh, Zach Bogosian to the lineup, probably one he'd like to forget. He was a minus one. Uh, he didn't have 13 minutes on ice, which is not a lot for a defenseman. 
who did he take? So Cal Foot did not play. So he he said and he came in for Cal Foot. So okay. which sucks, man. I think Foot's been awesome. Foot's in the doghouse somehow. Like I don't know. Maybe he like I don't know. Maybe he well, did something that's not game related. Well, I get it. You know, uh, if you you know you look at the roster on paper, obviously uh, Ruda Chernak. Um, Bogosian, they're all going to kind of push him down. He is going to be the seventh defenseman, but um, I, I I hope in the next couple of you know days or weeks we start seeing Cooper doing the uh, the eleven and seven. This goes back to what I was saying you know, a couple minutes ago, where I wish we would focus more on defense instead of run and gun offense. Um, being able to shut teams down, you know, play play the endurance game. Instead of trying to outscore your problems, which was, which that was Chicago. That that game was outscoring your problems, because you know d- despite the score, I think Chicago gave us a pretty good run for our money. I, I don't, you know, it was a slow start from the team. They scored first. I, I I wish we would just play the endurance game. You know, similar to what the the Islanders have done in the playoffs the last couple of years is you know. Take advantage of the mistakes. Even if they are outplaying us, just don't let them get great opportunities. They're going to make a mistake uh, sooner or later, and you have to be ready and able to capitalize on it. I think I think if we adopted that style uh, more so, we, would, we wouldn't be facing such, you know, so many of these problems that we are right now. Well, we'll just file that one in under. Um, probably just a fuck-around game, Great, you found it in time. I did find it. <laughs> uh, these things are not in alphabetical order on my screen. Yeah, and someone needs to go and uh, ask old Cal Foot. Did your parents have any children that lived? <laughs> uh, not much else to say about that game other than that it sucked. And, and I can definitely see, like you had just mentioned, that that Coop would probably start doing 11-7 and seven because that's that's te- that typically – the last few years has been what he's done other than line shifting like that's or, or shuffling like that's what he's been what he's done to to get a spark going yeah like not many teams do that especially in the playoffs you don't see many teams doing it i know um ah shit i think it was the islanders last year um they tried uh matching up with us with the 11 and 7 for a couple of games and it just wasn't working for them but i know a couple of teams did try to match up with us on that um but it seems to work you know and, and until it doesn't shit go for it they need to do something because this isn't working like they you know it's great when you can score but if you you know when you give up three in a row like you did in the, th- in the third period last night mm-hmm. you know they coop, coop pulled the goal pulled vassy again with like six or seven minutes left and they just Winnipeg just bounced on it, and they you know every empty net shot they were aiming at went in. So they yeah, I I don't know if I would have been so aggressive with that goalie pull either. Like, who am I to uh, give John Cooper coaching advice? But I don't know. I thought that maybe they could have got something going before he even pulled the empty net. And it was the the first pull. It was you know twenty five seconds of you know, fumbling the puck somewhere between the neutral zone and the offensive zone. And yeah, then they take it right up the ice and put it in the empty net. And then Colton, you know, kind of surprised everybody with that, with that nice tip from Ruda. Um, and actually a really nice goal, but you, you saw everybody. They, they were kind of done. Yeah, they were. And uh, which is not a good thing to be when you have to turn around and go and play Calgary, who is uh, on, you know, Pardon the pun, but they are they are flaming right now. They are uh They're dangerous. Yeah, they've they've have been winning like crazy. I'm trying to look at their uh their streak right now. But it's pretty insane. Like it's 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 just absolutely ridiculous that you gotta turn around and play one of the hottest teams in the league after you just had a stinker like that. Yeah, but you know, looking looking forward, uh, we do kind of you know getting past Calgary. I think we do have a kind of a weaker schedule. Um, you know, past Calgary, we're playing Edmonton, then Vancouver, then Seattle, which all three of those teams are are struggling. Uh, Vancouver, they're they're trending in the right direction. Edmonton, they're kind of you know in limbo somewhere. And Seattle, they're just they're Seattle. They're an expansion team. Um, so. 
you know, both both Edmonton and Vancouver, those games can go either way. Uh, in a perfect world, we should win. Uh, this world's not perfect, though. Seattle, uh, anything less than a decisive win is going to be a disappointment for me. Well, here's hoping. Because they need to do something to change their fortunes right now. Man, we're spoiled. We got two losses and two wins since we last recorded, and we're blowing the place up. Well... It's the, it's the it's the manner of the losses though. It's when, it is. You, when you watch the game, like even the games that they win, you have things that that are that are like they need to be changed, you know. Yeah. So, sure, the record is still good, but you want your wins to be, you know, convincing wins, and these really haven't been convincing wins. I think I can explain why you know. Vasilevsky hasn't really been playoff Vasilevsky. He hasn't, you know, hasn't been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. Not that he's been bad. He just hasn't been, you know, the greatest goalie on earth. Uh, unfortunately, that title goes to Igor Shesterkin right now. Hate to admit it, but it's true. But I think the reason he shaved his locks. I saw that. I saw that. So you 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 think it's like a Samson effect? No, not really. <laughs> Well, makes it, I know it a makes lot of, more like aerodynamic. <laughs> I've heard that. I know people were like pissed off when uh, Hedman he cut his hair. They were like, "He's not going to be the same." Like people were like actually, actually upset about it. I, I didn't see that same amount of a, uh, you know, <laughs> tension uh, with, with Vazzy. Most people were like, "Oh, he's looking good," but man, for a young guy, he's kind of he's kind of got a big forehead. I think he's going bald early. Which one, Vazzy? Vazzy, yeah. Well, he's got a, just a big head because he's a big guy. No, he's a giraffe. Yeah, he's a you know it's everyone. Everyone's got their their foibles and how they look. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, with the, with this skid, if we want to call it that, you never want to peak too soon. You know, this time last year, uh, what we're like fifty five or something games into the season, we were in the playoffs. Last season it was only fifty six games. So. And we have played more games than any other team has in the last two years. Obviously, we're going to be a little bit tired, but again, you don't want to peak too early. You want to weed out you weed, weed out the BS and and hope for a strong push towards the end of the season. Well, this is the time that you want to be playing the best, and so they they better iron this out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think they will. Yeah. We're both fairly confident that they will. So. Uh, next game is uh, tomorrow night. It is a late game, late-ish, later than normal. It's 9 o'clock, playing against the Calgary Flames, the uh, Stanley Cup final rematch from years gone by. So everybody get ready for that. And then three 10 o'clocks in a row. Yep. Right around the same time as the NCAA tournament starting, so hopefully all of you that are out there getting your, va- your vasectomies right now as uh, my girl has pointed out to me that uh, the number one time for men to get vasectomies is during the NCAA tournament. So that way they have a doctor's note to stay home and watch basketball. Is that a thing? That's a thing. That's crazy, man. Absolutely a thing. If you're going to get it, that's the time to get it. (laughs) I guess I'm not that passionate. Snip, snip. Well, you got a lot of time left to decide. Don't make these decisions too early. No, no. (laughs) My dad told me for my first birthday, he got me a vasectomy for himself. <laughs> That's just mean. I can't blame him. I put all those gray hairs on his head. Yeah, yeah, well. Anyways, so we got uh, about 15 minutes left in the show. Let's uh, talk about some some other things than the uh, than the lightning struggling. What do you, what I'm sure you got? you got something up there. Uh, not really, (laughs) (laughs) not really, but, um, it's been a lot of football news lately. So I've been paying attention to that a little bit. There's no baseball. Normally I'd be watching, uh, you know, the beginning of the season, the, uh, the end of spring training. And then, you know, the beginning of the season is usually in a couple of weeks and uh, there's really, they're already canceling the first couple of weeks worth of games. Can you explain that to me? So like, again, I don't follow baseball at all. I know that it's like a lockout right now, but. I have no idea, and I'm sure some of the listeners also have no idea. If they're interested, they can listen. But if you would, explain that to me. 
Well, I don't have the exact details, except that, you know, baseball is, has a legal monopoly. They're allowed by Congress to operate as a monopoly and they have, you know, um, they collectively bargain every year or not every year, but every um, handful of years, there's a, there's a term that each contract goes. Um, and this, this year it was up. And uh, so they're collectively bargaining the owners versus the, uh, the owners and commissioner the commissioner represents the owners uh, versus the players. And there is a lot of things on the table. Uh, expanded playoffs. I wanted to say that baseball wanted ex- the owners want expanded playoffs. Um, teams want the ban the shift. Uh, the shift is a def- it's a defensive it's a defensive um, stance essentially. So like I mean this is just a couple of the myriad of things that they're arguing about. It all comes. Yeah, I saw I saw something today about pitcher shifts or something which. Again, I have no idea what that means. It all it, there's there's a thousand things that they're arguing about right now. Like money is is a huge part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's all these mega contracts and everything, and um, they the sh- so the shift. So they're the universal DH. I think has already been conceded. Like I think that the players are 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 getting. I want to say that was a. I don't know if that was a, which side asked for the universal designated hitter, but the National League from now on is not going to have the pitchers hit anymore. Uh, they're going to have a DH just like the American League, which they did in the COVID shorted, shortened season. They gave that a try. Uh, but the big one of the big things is the shift, and then what the shift is is let's say that you are a left-handed hitter, right? Mm-hmm. So your tendency is to pull, to pull the ball to the right side of the field. So let's say in between first and second base, right? So mm-hmm. what a, what a team will do is they will put they'll play the percentage and they'll put all of their infielders to the right side of second base. So your third baseman will be like in between first and second. Your shortstop will be back there and like playing in like short right field. And you would think, well, hey man, you're a, you're a major league hitter. Why don't you just bunt the ball to the left where there's nobody playing? And then you just walk to first base. But no, guys will just be like, no, we can't beat the shift. And then they just, if they hit a ground ball, it goes right into the shift. And so... That's something that a lot of a lot of hitters are complaining about. So that's uh, I think they're arguing over whether or not to ban that. Um, that's one of the many things. I think minor league money is part of, is something they're arguing about too. There's, there's a lot of arguments you can go on to MLB.com or something and read 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 them all mm-hmm. up. And, and but it sucks because baseball's a regional sport. Its popularity nationally has been declining for years. Um, games are too expensive to go to for the amount of games that there are. And it's a kind of a pain in the ass for a lot of people to get to games. And then, you know, the amount of money they have to spend when they're in one. And so it's, this is kind of like almost like a death blow to it. I don't think it'll ever, you know, be real unpopular, but the games are really long. They've gotten longer. They've already made some changes in the last couple of years to try and speed the game up. Like, you're not allowed to take a, a relief pitcher out in an inning unless he's pitched to at least three batters. So that stops like the changing a pitcher for every single batter. Mm-hmm. They're implementing a pitch clock. So a pitcher can't take more than like 30 seconds or something like that in between pitches. They don't really enforce it, but they're trying to do that. They're just trying to speed the game up. But the thing is though, if you all in all these these changes might save maybe 45 minutes at most off of a game, right? So, Well, with TV deals, I feel like that's a lot of time. Yeah, but I, I don't think 45 minutes is the difference between whether or not somebody is a baseball fan. You know? No. Oh, no. It's You either are or you aren't. You know, P- people don't like it. People love it. I love it. I love baseball. I've always loved baseball. I'm not very good at it, but. I love watching it because it gives me something to do every night when there's no other sports going on except for like MLS. And that, that I'm the opposite. I was really good at baseball. Could not stand watching it. It's such a fun thing to go to as well. Like when I lived in Seattle, my, my one of my best friends is a diehard Mariners fan. And we wait one year I was going to college and I wasn't really working. And so he decided he was going to break his record for the amount of home games that he went to in a year. And we ended up going to 31 of the 81 home games. 
and it's just a blast. Like you get hammered before or during, and then, you know, hit the bar up afterwards. And at the game, you're just, you know, most of the time you got the seats to yourself because, you know, it's, it's like July and people aren't Mm -hmm. really going, your team's not really competing. And so you've got all these seats to yourself and you can wander around and try different kinds of food and, you know, watch a game. There's a game going on there too. I guess it's a good thing that uh, Tampa Bay has a very strong, stable franchise for them. I think we'll be fine. (laughs) I know that's a knock at the Rays. I, I know we've always been the butt of the league, but you know what? I, I believe that we are safe in the city. I think they are going to put eventually It's not, it might not happen until like 2029, but I think they will put a stadium in Ybor city. And I think once that happens and it's a smaller capacity stadium, you know, it's not the gigantic uh, Thunderdome that Tropicana field is. Once they do that, you'll see, you'll see the numbers creep up in, in the attendance and they won't, they'll never be top of the league, but I think they'll at least get closer to the middle mm-hmm. because yeah, that's where, that's where they need to be is lost in the shuffle really, instead of being a bottom feeder. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just too hard for people to get to the trop. They charge too much money at the trop. Um, it's not the, the field itself inside the stadium where the seats are and the field is, it's great. But then when you like go out to where the concessions are, it's like you're walking through a high school auditorium or you're, you're in a locker room or something like that. But I think the trend now is not to build these giant extravagant, you know, super high capacity stadiums. It's, it's a smaller, more intimate, you know, where you can get closer to a sellout. Yeah. Maximize your efficiency. Exactly. And, but the key to look for with the, with the Rays is, you know, are, are, are they able to get corporate help? Because that's what kind of downed the first Ybor City idea, which was like three or four years ago, where they had this beautiful artist rendering of what it was going to look like uh, in Ybor City. Uh, part of the, the major problem was that the principal owner, Stu Sternberg, would refuse to pay even half of the money. And so... <laughs> Then they were reaching out looking for like corporate sponsorships because that's who that's who buys a bunch of tickets. That's who gets like luxury boxes and things like that are corporations. And they Uh just weren't they just weren't getting any. And so, you know, that that idea tanked and then the whole Montreal debacle happened. But I think I think they're going to get it right. I have I have faith. I feel like the Rays will be here. They'll be in Tampa in the population center where they need to be because right now they're completely cut off from anywhere in central Florida. Like if you're coming from Orlando, if you want to watch a game or Polk County or something like that, you're screwed. Like it's no one's going to want to do that. Yeah, it's hard enough to get to Tampa. Then you got to get through Tampa to St. Pete. Yeah, and and you know it traffic sucks everywhere in every major city. But you know if you really want a, a unique experience, go hang out where I four and two seventy five meet. <laughs> you know that's that's where that's where the Macho Man died. Like that's a bad. It's just a bad. Wait, what? Yeah, like that's where uh, Randy Savage, when he got in a car wreck and died, that's where it was. What the hell? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, that's one of one of those that general area right there. That place sucks. I know I four is always listed as one of the worst roads in America. It is. I mean, I I love I four. I've actually got an I four tattoo on my leg. Believe it or not. What the fuck? (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) Well, let me tell you why. Um, it's because I was in Alaska and, um, I was, I don't, I was in a port call. Uh, and you know, when you get a port call tattoo, one of the requirements of a port call tattoo is you put very little thought into it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you walk into the store and you see the little heart that says like mom on it or something like that. You're like, I want that that. one or give me that scorpion or something like that. You know, (laughs) so I'm walking around Anchorage and you know, no offense to any people from, from Alaska, but Anchorage is one of the most depressing places on earth. Um, it's, it's literally the middle of summer and it's like 40 something degrees. It's raining. It's gross. The wind is crazy. And I'm wandering around the small downtown of Anchorage and, uh, like, man, I really want to get a tattoo, but man, it's so cold. Like I hate life right now. Where do I want to be? Oh, I want to be home. And so, I walked into the store. I'm like, give me I four on my leg. So that way, (laughs) 
Like, you know what? That way, at least one leg will always know how to get home. I like that, actually. I tell people when they ask, so I don't have to tell them like a really long explanation. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know, if I ever get amnesia, then someone can, someone can get me home. Yeah. <laughs> or if I fall off a ship or something and wa- wash up on shore. Is Anchorage worse than Fairbanks? Have you been? I've not been to Fairbanks, so I can't compare, but um, I just know that, that in Anchorage, there is a lot of, um, there's just a lot of people on the street and it's, it's real, it's just, it's, it's a depressing city. There's not a lot there. Um, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when the sun is out and it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Like Alaska is one of the most beautiful places on Mm -hmm. this planet, but it's just, unless you're a raging alcoholic, it's a tough place to live. (laughs) Yeah. My sister, she recently moved to Fairbanks within the year. Her husband is a air force. So I asked one of my customers who spent a good amount of time there. I said, you know, for her, what is there to do in Fairbanks? And he said, fuck and get drunk. I, mean, I said, it, well, that's great. She doesn't either. Unless you're like a hunter, like in Fairbanks, you'd have to be, you'd really want to have to do a lot of hiking, a lot of camping, a lot of hunting. Um, and, you know, in an Anchorage, you're going to do a lot of fishing. At least Anchorage is connected to Seward. Seward is beautiful. You could do a lot of fishing. You can take boats out of Seward or Homer. Um, Fairbanks, you're locked in. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere unless you're on yeah, a plane. It's dead center of the state. Yeah. So there's you're you're having to go out into the wilderness to 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 find fun. But at least mm-hmm. Anchorage, at least Anchorage, you can get away a little bit. Yeah. They they ended up just recently buying a snowmobile, so they're yeah, making do. You need you need something like that. You really do. Mm-hmm. Um, or else you know, you're just gonna. And the thing is too, like if people aren't used to um, seasonal affective disorder. Like you really, people don't think about how much vitamin D you need to supplement when you're up there. Like you really, really, really have to up your vitamin D when you're in that, when you're in Alaska, because, Mm -hmm. you know, for half the year, it's going to be way more dark than it is light. So, you know, you're, you're talking like when I was living in Kodiak in the middle of, I would say probably like a December ish. I mean, it wouldn't get light until after 10 o'clock in the morning sometimes 11 or, you know, in, in in the reverse, you know, you'd be trying to go to bed like in, in July, you'd be trying to go to bed at 11 o'clock and it's light out. So you got to really have some good blackout curtains. So it'll, it'll mess you up. You really gotta, you really gotta get used to that sort of lifestyle. It's beautiful. And there's a lot of people that absolutely love it and I've got nothing against it. Um, I took some incredibly gorgeous pictures, but I would never live there again in a million years. Yeah, I, the customer that I asked, like, what are you doing, Fairbanks? He's actually getting getting out of here, and he's moving back up to, uh, to Kodiak. He bought a boat up there. He's like, yeah, I'm done with Florida. All right, peace. If you have boats, then Kodiak is the place to be, and if you have no issue uh, not, not needing to get away really quickly, Kodiak is an amazing place to be um, if you like you know, that sort of thing. but Yeah, he, he's retired Coast Guard, so he's like – you know, he's like, he likes to drink. He likes to fish. It's paradise for him. Yep. Well, you know, I don't even want to think about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the show. Yeah, there you go. So uh, while you're planning your, your next trip to Alaska, I will tell you that uh, you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail and, um, you know, tell us how bad we are at this. And you can call us at 727-416-0613. Uh, you can email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Lightning Rod Pod, and we'll uh, we'll read all your stuff on air like we did for Catherine last week, uh, who is probably no longer a fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, and if uh, you want some, uh, you know, Alaska tour guide insights, hit up Johnny Pipes. Yeah, I'll absolutely tell you what <laughs> what I did not do to enjoy myself. So, <laughs> so you got any uh, final thoughts here before we close this bad boy out? I'm good. All right. Until next time, I am Johnny Pipes for Gannon. We will catch you on the flip.
my life. That's why I joined the police force.